Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 34. All right, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for coming. We like having you here. If you're a longtime listener, you know I love you. All right, go to the website for all of the show notes. It's elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my incredible and beautiful food and product photography. That's what I do for a living. If you have questions for the podcast, if you want to work together, hit me up. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's go on a food adventure. All right, so today we're talking all about events. Um, I have worked in the in my previous lifetime in the events industry for oh god 15 plus years in event sales and event design throughout the boston metro area so i've done pretty much everything from the moment you were born until i'm sorry to say the moment you um pass on go over that rainbow bridge i've done it all um i've had very 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 successful events for presidents of countries celebrities huge brands and i've also had some fails um personal in my private home fails as well as event fails and in in the world and you know it's just one of those things that what i've i've learned and gained so much information and knowledge um from doing that for so long and in my new career now running my photography business very successfully i in the podcast i uh all of the skills that I learned in event sales and event design, really I've implemented in what I do now because what I do now is so, there's so much more to it than picking up a camera or just hopping on the microphone. There's a lot of back, it's like the iceberg. You see the tip of the iceberg, that's like the photo or what you're listening to right now. And then you think of everything that's underneath the iceberg and that's all of the work that goes into the final product. It's it, 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 I, yeah, it, I can't even, there's no words. It's, but I thoroughly enjoy every aspect of what I do. So, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about events today. So some of, some of the events, I mean, I'm going to dive into your listener questions. Don't worry. But like, I thought I would talk about a couple of huge fails because a lot of times when you look at events, you see all of the, <laughs> like glamorous, amazing things, right? And when I first started in the event business, I thought I would be the chick with the clipboard standing at the front being like, no, you can't come in with like the little headset on and and then like directing certain things around. It's totally not that at all. Absolutely not. Like you grind, you are in the trenches with people. Like I did this one event for, for um, a Buick launch in Boston and they wanted to rent out a venue, kind of like a black boxy kind of venue and bring in a car. They had this huge celebrity band that was going to like sing and play around the car. And they were using B-roll for social and commercial usage. And we were going to have this huge launch party and whatever. So got the venue 
arranged for everything. I mean, this was months of planning and logistics and coordinating everything with all of these other moving parts and pieces and people between like celebrity riders and, you know, the car company itself had a lot of things that needed to get boxes that needed to get ticked off. And so (laughs) it was like the two days before I get a call from the this rep from the car company and somebody from the venue and they were like we're loading the car in right now and it won't fit and I was like um I'll be right there so I drive down to the venue in in the seaport in Boston and I'm I'm standing there with the owner of the venue the the car rep and myself and we're staring at the car and it's like millimeters from getting in the building. And there's no, I was like, can you take a part of the car off? They're like, no, no, that's not gonna work. So I looked at the the venue and I was like, if they pay to cut part of the the loading dock door off and then replace it and fix it, are you okay with that? And if they sign some like structural damage waiver thing, I mean, I don't know, what do you think? And they were like, um, we have to make a phone, you know, right? So then I talked to the car company and the car company's like, we'll pay, we don't care. I'm like, okay, great. We ended up having to cut part of the door off of the structure of this venue to get the car in. And let me tell you, they had other events going on after us. So not the same day, but like a couple of days later. So they needed to crank out a crew to come and fix it and repair it like instantly. But money talks and you can make these things happen, right? Like the other, I mean, I've had many whoopsies in the event world, but like one that really, really stands out was I was doing, this is when I first started, I was working these reunions at Wellesley College. Um, I worked for a catering company that the lot of their, they did a lot of business at Wellesley College and I remember it was like, it was either Hillary Clinton's reunion year or it could have been Madeleine Albright's reunion year. Honestly, I don't, I don't remember. It was some, some big name though was there. And I remember I got to the site for the events and it was like back to back to back events all day long. And I'm setting up part of this, this, um, dinner, this reunion dinner. And I look and I was like, where are the linens? And my catering staff people were like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, did somebody, they must be labeled some, you know, like rental companies just drop stuff off. Um, you, you tell them a location and, you know, nine times out of 10, don't get me wrong, they do their best to get it to where it needs to go. But sometimes they don't always get to where it needs to go. So I'm like calling around. We had multiple events going on that day. And I was like, do you guys have my linens? Do you have my linens? Do you have my linens? And then I'm going through all of my paperwork and I was like, holy shit, I never ordered the linens for this event. I was like, oh my God. But they had the old linen bags from the, this is gross, from the dinner the night before. So I went through all of them and I found linens that pseudo matched and that weren't dirty. And that, because a lot of times when you have linens, you just shove everything in at the end of the night, whether they were clean or dirty, or sometimes you double up linens on tables. And so I just used what I could find at the time because I called that linen company and they were like, we're straight out. Like we can't get you anything until like a week from Tuesday. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. 
They're like, we can do our best to get there and get you linens, but it's going to be a while. And I don't know what colors you're going to get. I'm like, awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what that's going to be. You know, but then they came and they, they got me some stuff too. And it, it all worked out, but it was still, you got to think on your feet and you got to pivot and you just need to literally roll with the punches and you have to be super creative it's, I'm, I'm telling you, I, when I daydreamed about being this events guru and holding that clipboard, I had no idea how many times I would have to roll, you know, 60 inch round tables down a long corridor hallway in Boston. And like, you're all dressed up because you're the face of the, you're, you're the face for the client. Right. And so you have to bring multiple outfit changes sometimes from the setup outfit to like changing to something a little nicer when you're having FaceTime with the client or you're actually helping run the event. And it's, it's a long day, but the thing I always loved about it was that every day was different. And I love people and I love sales and I love contracts and proposals and negotiating and all of that. And so to me that, that was like, I thrived on every little bit and Oddly enough, in the photography world, it's exactly what I do now, but um, even better because I just adore photography even more. But anyway, we're not talking about photography. I could talk about that all day long. Let's dive into some of your listener questions. All right, let's do this. Carolyn in San Francisco writes, how do you host an event and not end up in the kitchen the whole time? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I do know. So honestly, like the simple answer to this is planning, 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 planning. You want to do as much ahead of time as possible. Even if you're cooking things and they need to be hot, like can they be held and cooked ahead of time? Like can you make something and put it in an Instapot, instant pot, sorry, or a slow cooker crock pot? Or, you know, if things are coming out of the oven, can you have the platters and the serving utensils all mapped out already on your kitchen countertop so you're just plopping things in and like the cold sauces and salads are already prepped in your fridge so you're just pulling things out that to me is what makes it a little more seamless and key the other thing I like to do is if I am in the kitchen I invite and it's just me and like one of my girlfriends or me and you know one other person and Todd my husband is in home to help entertain then I will include them in the cooking or the prepping or the chopping or the plating or something because they want to help. And if there's nothing to do, well, then I'll have them open a bottle of wine and we'll sit there and gab and and chit chat, which is so much fun, too. I I love cooking with people in the kitchen. So I love including people in on the experience. The other thing, too, is be very gentle with yourself. Who cares if you have to buy pre-made stuff from the grocery store? If that helps you stay out of the kitchen, go for it. And um, if you do, (laughs) if you do put things in the oven and you are socializing, I highly recommend putting a timer on your phone or whatever is close by you that will ding so you'll remember to go back in the kitchen and get things. Because a few weekends ago, I had a friend over and we were, um, I had made this like beautiful Spanish tapas menu and I was getting everything, her and I were bringing things outside and the last minute I was like, ooh, I have to put the dates in. And I had these dates wrapped in bacon stuffed with Marcona almonds and I was like, oh, I just need to crisp up the bacon really quick in, in the oven. 
put the dates in. We went outside. We started drinking. We were gabbing. Came back inside to get more wine. Go back outside. And I like walked in the house to get the wine. I'm like, oh, the house smells so good. I am literally verbatim in my noggin. I am such a good cook. I really am. Oh, this smells so good. Went back outside, came back in again. And I was like, now something smells like it's burnt. Why is something smelling like it's cooking still? What is still? Oh, the dates. Mm -hmm. I pulled these out of the oven. They were little mini charcoal briquettes at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Inedible. Still smelled okay. <laughs> but inedible. So moral of the story, set a timer because I too have kitchen fails even though it might not look like I do. Oh, your girl does. Your girl does. And I'll put some more tips in the show notes too. I hope this helps. Okay. Jordan from Instagram writes, do you have any great make ahead late summer desserts for events? I do. Oh, I've got some good ones. So I made these two in the last few days. All right. So the first one, it's like this tropical... Mm, parfait let's call it and it's super easy you're gonna take mango uh whatever tropical fruit you like I personally like mango and pineapple you know um passion fruit put them all on the countertop get them super super ripe plop everything in a blender add in a whole lime juiced and not the whole lime but the juice of a whole lime I should say it that way maybe a teaspoon of sugar to help the medicine go down and uh, make sure it's not too tart. But maybe the fruit's sweet enough for you and you don't need the sugar. Totally up to you. Blend that up and get it a nice silky puree. Put that aside. In another, in your, in another bowl, no, in a mixing bowl with your stand mixer, add in whipped cream, the whipping cream, uh, maybe a tablespoon of sugar and a little bit of vanilla bean paste or vanilla. Personally, I Highly recommend vanilla bean paste. You know that's what I love on this podcast. So that's what I advocate for. And you're going to whip that up to make whipped cream. And then you're going to take one small individual container of 2% Greek yogurt. Put that in the whipped cream. Fold it in so you're still keeping the volume of the whipped cream. But now you've got this gorgeous tangy. It's a little more, more thick kind of cream. Layer the tropical fruit puree cream, whipped cream, tropical fruit, whipped cream. And then at the very top, I take some of the leftover fruit that I set aside, which I probably should have said in the beginning. If you didn't set anything aside, no big deal. If you've got a little leftover, awesome. Top the parfaits with that, boom, done. They'll keep in the fridge for probably about two days. Um, day one's great, like if you make them in the morning for the afternoon, awesome. And you can put them in cups, like they don't need to be in like fancy dishes or anything. I used some rocks glasses, I think, for the ones I just did. The other dessert, I'm not going to lie, I made it last night and I was shook, shook. This was probably one of the best cakes I have ever made. And I say this probably every time I make a cake, but because I don't do cakes very often, but I just, I'm so excited to eat it again. I almost ate it for breakfast this morning. It is an upside down plum cake. The recipe is from Martha Stewart. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll include some pictures. Plums, I love plums. I can't get enough of plums right now. Stone fruit in general, but plums, I don't know if it's the peak of plum season. I'm, I'm not sure, 
but get yourself some plums and make this cake. Just do me a favor. It's made in a cast iron skillet, which is kind of key because it really does make it super caramelized and delicious. <sighs> this is so, it was so, so, so good. So good. So the key with this cake beyond just following the recipe to a T is leaving the ingredients on the counter to truly get room temperature, I think was, was important. Um, and not making any substitutions. Like it calls for buttermilk, use buttermilk. It calls for, um, well, I used vanilla bean paste because I like vanilla bean paste. But anyway, you're going to separate the eggs. You're going to make the batter and then you're going to whip the egg whites till they get to a soft peak. And then you're going to fold them in. So it's this beautiful, light, airy type chiffon-y kind of cake. And over the caramelized plum mixture on the bottom, you're going to put the cakes um, batter on top, bake that in the oven in a cast iron pan, pull it out, let it cool. And then with a little hope, flip that puppy over and boom, the most gorgeous, gorgeous cake with beautiful texture, beautiful crumb. Oh, Mary Berry, eat your heart out. This was such a good dessert. I, I just, I can't speak enough about it. And the I think the pictures came out damn good if I do this though myself. So I highly recommend making that as well. I'll include both recipes in the show notes. All right. Monique in New York writes, can you save me some time in Googling? Sure. I'm, I'm throwing a dinner party in a week for about six friends. What can I serve from start to finish? All right, let's do this. All right. So assuming there's no dietary restrictions and that... Uh, this is going to be sort of a sit downy type vibe meal. I'm just going to go for it. These are all things that I've had recently and I highly recommend. So um, I hope that this sounds good to you because man, oh man, it sounds good to me. Watermelon caprese salad with arugula and like a light, beautiful, either white balsamic dressing or a tiny bit of olive oil and a great balsamic glaze on top. The key right now with watermelon, I mean, watermelon, I would get seedless, but it's just so in season and delicious. And I think it pairs so well with the creamy mozzarella or burrata and then the peppery arugula. Tiny, tiny bit of dressing goes a long way. So watermelon's really juicy. So good, so good. And just so summery and refreshing. Um, then for the main course, I might do a grilled boneless short rib with a scallion sumac gremolata. Sounds really fancy, super easy to make. The glaze for the, um, and I'll include these recipes in the show notes because that one I think is a food and wine. The glaze for the short rib has a tiny bit of fish sauce, but it's like garlic, a little bit of brown sugar. So once the fish, once the fish sauce, cooks off on the grill, it's going to actually add more umami and salt than like fishy flavor. It might sound a little weird, but to some, but it's not, it's just a salty umami bomb. Um, and when it's paired right with a balance of sweet and tart, it actually just kind of fades into the background. Now for the gremolata, you're going to make this on the side and then just top the, the short ribs with this. It's really just a fancy name for kind of like an herby salad. So it's just chopped up parsley, some orange zest, some sumac, which is uh, very bright and lemony. And it, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous uh, herb. No, mm -mm. spice, spice, herb. 
I'll have to Google what exactly it is because it's it's beautiful and I love this one from Z and Z. I'll link everything in the um in the show notes. Some nice crunchy flaked salts like Maldon salt and some cracked pepper, maybe a little olive oil in that gremolata even. Zhuzh it with your fingers, sprinkle it on top of the short ribs, done. And then to go with those, I think we should do some really crispy roasted potatoes. And then for the veggie side, again, hopefully there's no allergies. I just grew these dragon tongue beans. They're so beautiful. They're like the gorgeous, sexy cousin of a big sugar snap pea, kind of. I'll take some pictures. And so what I'm going to do with them, and I think it would work with this, is I have a bunch of mixed mushrooms. So I'm going to saute first and crisp up some pancetta and shallot, put the mushrooms in, maybe hit it with a tiny bit of either sherry vinegar or sherry or masala or white wine. I'm going to see what I have in the fridge. Then I'm going to toss in the washed beans whole, toss it all around, put a little bit of parsley on top of that, maybe some lemon zest, done done. Maybe a hint of butter. I'm not entirely sure yet. So we'll see how that goes. And I'll include a recipe in the show notes. And then for dessert, I would totally do the upside down plum cake I just mentioned without question. If you're not going to do that and you want to do something else, something super easy would be like a summer fruit cobbler with uh, maybe like a vanilla mascarpone biscuit on top. Mm. Or you could do an affangato, which is just espresso that you take some really yummy gelato, put that in a cup, and then put a shot of espresso, decaf or not, on top of that, and dessert is done. You know, keep it simple. Yum, though. Oh, I'm so hungry. Now, Candace in Chicago writes, I'm getting married in the fall. Everything is pretty much done. Do you have any advice for the day of the wedding? You know I do. You know I do. So first and foremost, congratulations to you and your family. This is such an exciting time for you guys and to your fiance as well. Like it, there's something really special about what a wedding can do as well as what weddings and large events can't do for people who don't normally plan events. It's a very daunting task and there's a lot of moving parts. And the thing with weddings, um, is that they're very emotionally charged days. So it feels like there's a lot on the line, but I'm here to tell you everything's going to be okay. And that the greatest gift you can give yourself on your wedding day is time for yourself. It's a day that goes by, I'm not kidding you, with a blink of an eye. And I don't mean to rhyme. I'm not very rhymey, but I'm going to rhyme in that moment. You You really need to take time to do something for yourself, whatever that is, that helps you feel the most relaxed and grounded. Because when you're around so many people, if it is a larger wedding or even 20 people, there's a lot of energy and personalities and you already have expectations of what the day should or shouldn't be. And so taking time for yourself that day, like, Again, whatever that looks like to you. Maybe it's going for a walk with your pup in the woods. Maybe it's just going for a walk by yourself somewhere. Maybe it's just taking time to meditate or whatever it is, reading a book for an hour. You can make the time for yourself to do that. The other thing I really recommend doing is giving people tasks. So you are focused just on what you need to be focused on that day, which is you and your fiance. 
everything else can fall to the wayside and let others help you. So whether that's hiring, if you can afford to, hiring a planner for the day of, if that's not in your budget, no problem. There's tons of family and friends that are around you that have been either in your shoes before, in those trenches before, and want to help. So if it's assigning someone for the venue on the day of to talk to, make somebody that you know can handle that, be in charge of that if there's any issues, whether it be the napkins, the lighting, the ice, the, I mean, there's a whole laundry list of things that someone may need to tap someone about day of, and that's not you. So make sure you're delegating these tasks to other people. And there just need to be people that you know you can count on. And I know you have those people in your life to lean on. And the only other thing I'm going to say is don't sweat the small stuff. It doesn't matter if it doesn't go exactly to plan. It doesn't matter if it rains. It doesn't matter if there's a hurricane. It doesn't matter what happens that you can't control because no one else is going to care, honestly. It might feel earth shattering that the day's not going perfectly or that now you have a stain on your wedding dress or, and there's a myriad of things that can happen. Who cares? You're marrying the love of your life. You're marrying your, your, per, your person, your lobster, your soulmate, you know, like this is your penguin. So that's all that, that this is that, you know, it's, it's so don't, no one else is going to sit there and judge you for the napkins not being folded right or your drunk uncle falling on a table and knocking the cake over, which is such a bummer, but you know, it happens. No one else is going to, to care. The only person that you need to worry and care about is you, your fiance, and those are the things you can control is the love you guys have. And the what people are going to honestly remember is the love you two show each other on that day. And that, my friend, is all you need to worry and care about. So I hope this helps. I hope you have time to spend, you know, relaxing that day and take time for yourself. And again, congratulations. It's so exciting. All right. Bjorn from Instagram writes, I'm planning a shower for my best friend. What are some of your favorite things to serve at a baby shower that's at your house? So this one, there's so many questions I want to ask first, but I'm just going to have to kind of roll with it and talk more in a generic sense versus um, actual like drilling down on menu items. For any type of event at my house where there's a group of people getting together that I may or may not know, I, one, always cook seasonally, but two, I try to cook with varying degrees of um, dietary needs. So like, you know, I try to make things a little more universally friendly. And I also try to make things accessible to others in the sense of not totally composing dishes. So if somebody maybe gluten sensitive and I might not know it, I might, if, if I'm making something, I might not... For a group of people, I might stick to things that I know are gluten-free, that are could be vegetarian, some things could be vegetarian, some things even could be vegan, putting the cheese on the side. And then I like to do it more kind of buffet style or like doing it more family style so people can kind of mix and match and like make their own things. Like I love a good Vietnamese salad bowl or I love any kind of bowl, whether it's a burrito bowl or make your own taco bar or um, 
You know, something like that. If it's a brunch, then I always love to do, I mean, not that a quiche or frittata is vegan, but they're vegetarian and I enjoy doing those and you can make them ahead or you can even buy them at like Whole Foods or um, any other grocery store that has that kind of department. Same thing, I like to lean on some things being maybe homemade and some things being maybe store-bought and judging them up, whether it be with fresh herbs or doing a nice, you know, fruit salad and judging that up with maybe some lime and ginger and some mint or just, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I also, when I think of like the cocktail boozy part, beverage part, I love to do infused waters especially with a baby shower, you know, some of the people are pregnant, some of the people aren't pregnant. So having booze for the people who aren't pregnant, you know, can be, can be a good thing because people sometimes want to drink at these things and there's nothing wrong with that. I fully support whatever journey you're on in this lifetime. So I love doing, again, make your own things, whether maybe it's like a make your own cold brew coffee bar and having some booze out with that. Make your own Bloody Marys, make your own, um, you know, margaritas or having like maybe two kinds of sangria and then maybe a mocktail version of that as well. And like I said, some infused waters, keeping it simple, keeping it in theme and then also keeping it like seasonal. And the other thing, you don't need a ton of food. These, these parties, people don't eat like you think they're going to eat. This isn't Thanksgiving dinner. So... Whatever you're going to make, you can make it as elaborate as you want it to be. But, you know, people aren't going to gorge themselves like you think they might. And even if you run out of food, which I can honestly say in any event I have ever had in my life, I have never run out of food. Um, I sometimes wish I made enough to run out of food because, oh gosh, I, I have so many leftovers always and it's it's a little exhausting sometimes because there's only so much salad one can eat after it's been dressed you know what I'm saying so anyway my point being um not knowing all of the details and I can put this in the show notes I like to again make things that are can be dietary friendly across the board and then leaving things so people can compose things their self themselves like make your own avocado toast bar who knows but have fun with it And really, it's also about your friend in the shower. So if she has certain things that she loves, like, hey, sex in the city when Miranda wanted to have fried chicken at her baby shower, she can fry if she wants to. And your friend should too. So um, fry away, my friend. Fry away. All right, you guys, you know what this music means. That's it for this week's episode. Slightly more bite-sized than others. Thank you so much for your questions. Don't stop. Have them come in fast and furious like they have been. I love answering them. This is beyond fun for me. So thank you again. Send everything to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. All of the show notes and my beautiful photography is on my website, elizabethrfuller.com, and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Lead with kindness. Make some yummy food for each other this weekend, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.